All right, everybody, welcome back to Talking Taker. We are here for episode number 18 of our exploration, digging up the career of the World Wrestling Federation's greatest character and creation of all time. We want to thank you for joining us yet again for another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I'm one of your hosts, one of the creatures of the night, guiding you along on this journey. And I'm joined, as always, by my tag team partner and uh, karate fighter's opponent, Travis White. How you doing there, buddy? Oh, man. Bill Bradley, karate fighters. Yes. Special sponsor for this episode. Did you ever have those? Uh, No. Did did you have them? I didn't have them. I always wanted them. I thought we played them at your house. I guess not. No. No, I never had those, man. I always wanted them. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I guess. They're a sponsor later on in the year and the next year, too. Yeah. I went ahead and looked at some of the, some of the uh, pay-per-views for next year. Karate spot, or the, what are they called? Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. Make sure to get the whole name in there. In case you don't remember, they were basically like the like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, sort of, yeah. but they were karate fighters, and yeah. they sponsored WWF all the time, and... I don't know, like, I, I do remember seeing them in the toy store, but for some reason I never got them. Uh, I'm sure I asked for them multiple times, but n- never got them for some reason. But the Karate Fighters and then uh, DZ Discovery Zone are like the holy grail of WWF sponsors that I never got to enjoy. <laughs> I always wanted to. My wife grew up near DZ Discovery Zone. Really? I don't know if she ever went, though. But yeah, I remember you seeing those commercials on Fox in the morning like after watching X-Men on Saturday morning. They'd be like, DZ at Discovery Zone, and I never got a chance to go. There's not one near us. There was. I had no idea where one was. Nowhere. Yeah. That was before the internet, so we couldn't just Google it. So. Yep. Yeah. That was terrible. <sighs> Tragedy. Oh. Tragedy. But, Talk Taker's 18, so it is now time to sign up for the draft. <laughs> I was trying to give him a the, fun. I'm going to run out of them after next next episode. For the WWE after, draft? Uh, no, not yet. That's seven years later. Oh, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Oh. Well, that's we'll a, get there eventually. We will get there eventually, and uh, you know, speaking of tragedies, uh, we gotta we, we we're gonna cover the tragic occurrence of the Undertaker's broken orbital bone here in just a moment. That's gonna lead us into Survivor Series 1995, which is where we're at right now. Uh, our next pay per view, and yeah, Survivor Series 95, and the build up. Uh, begins, I guess, with um, uh, you septi- know what day of the week this was on? Uh, I believe it was on a Sunday. Yep, first one. First on Survivor Series on a Sunday. Wow. Yep. Historic moment. Yeah. Um, the buildup began a couple months before, uh, and, and you brought up in the last episode that um, SummerSlam '95 was the first, last pay per view before the Monday Night Wars started, before Nitro right. came on the air. Uh, well, I, I mean, I didn't write down the episode, uh, this episode of Raw, but um, there's a six man tag with Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and Diesel up against Yokozuna, Owen Hart, and British Bulldog. That's October 9th, 95. Okay, excuse right me. Right at the beginning of October, yep. All right, October, October episode. 9th. So, what a, what a main event. It's huge main event. It's actually the first match on the show, but it, yeah, it's definitely yeah. the main event, and it, it takes up about half the episode of Raw. And I, I thought it was real interesting that you're getting that big of a match on Monday Night yeah. Raw, and I think it's clearly, 
you know, it, it impacted by having competition, uh, ha- having another wrestling show on Monday night is that they feel they're already feeling the heat and having to throw out this humongous match uh, on, on Monday Night Raw. You just didn't see matches like that on Monday Night Raw during the first two years of the show. You'd get one marquee match every week usually, but nothing where you're getting all those huge stars uh, in, in one ring. You definitely wouldn't see those six guys on the same episode. Right. You know? For right. sure. I mean, because that's at the time, Undertaker is what he was, and Sean was the Intercontinental Champ, and Diesel was the WF Champ. So you got all three of them on one side of the ring against those other guys. But yeah, it's only been, what, the first episode of Raw was, you know, this squash match, essentially. It was uh, Undertaker versus Old Demento. Damian Demento, know? yep. That's kind of what you got, for the most part, for the last two and a half years of Raw. But yeah, you're right. Now that Nitro's picking up steam and got some competition, they're throwing out these the big guns, man. Right, and they're uh, they're... It it, t- it takes place over three or four segments, and they're trying to get yeah. you to, to come back after each one, and it ends up leading to this big angle where and it leads up- leads to pinfall too from British Bulldog, so that's kind of a big deal at the time too. Champion getting pinned on Raw. So. Yeah, they're setting up British Bulldog for a little bit of a push, and uh, Undertaker ends up getting attacked by Yokozuna and Mabel as well. And uh, there's a big angle, big storyline where Mabel leg drops the Undertaker across the face and allegedly breaks his orbital bone in his face. Um, now, what did you see an injury happen? Did you go back and I, I, you went back and watched that, right? Oh yeah, did you I watched, see an injury I watched this whole entire match, and especially just paying attention because I, re- I was reading in several reviews. I want you know I, I try to. Do our research here, you know, do our due diligence for our fans. And um, I was reading a few recaps, and some people were saying that, you know, you can see where his leg crushes his face, and when they close up on him, you can see his eye is purple. I was like, well, that's that's his pain, or his right. face pain, or whatever. Like, he has purple on his eye always. So, anyway, but some people were saying, and I was reading some of the dirt sheets that, you know, he got a, a orbital bone fracture from a clothesline from Mabel. And so, I, I never saw an injury take place, um, but again... Who are we? You know, I don't know. But um, I never saw anything, so I wonder if this was just part of a storyline just to give him a new gimmick, you know, like with the face mask, what's become, you know? But, yeah, I, um, I definitely didn't see anything. I mean, he doesn't sell anything, and I would right. imagine, you know, Undertaker's definitely a tough guy, but yeah. I would think if you some, face broken. If you get your face broken, you're going to react in some sort of way, and yeah. Mabel hits him with... Uh, a few leg drops and splashes and does all sorts of stuff. Undertaker just sells it like he's dead. Doesn't move, doesn't yeah. react at any point. And so I, um, I remember watching it and, and always thinking, I mean, and, and reading for years that, that that was a legit injury. But going back and watching it, I was thinking, there's no way he actually got oh, hurt yeah, there. I and I went on uh, the history of WWE.com and was looking up house show results. And he wrestled for like, two or three weeks afterward, every night oh, after really? that. So he's <laughs> like, I would feel like even back then, if you broke his face, he probably yeah. wouldn't wrestle for the next uh, few nights afterward. But yeah. I, I, I do think some, there was an injury at some point, and whether it's at a house show or something, I believe he did get injured. And I think they retconned that, that taping to say, oh, that's where the injury was, so they can put some heat on Mabel. Uh, and show it on TV, but I do think that he got some sort of facial injury. Uh, I have no idea what it was, but some, it happened somewhere along the line because we do see him go out of action here for a couple months, and 
Uh, it's originally supposed to lead to Mabel and Undertaker at the October in your house, but that gets switched instead to Mabel versus Yokozuna instead, which I'm yeah. sure was a barn burner. <laughs> yeah, I did not watch that match. No. Goodness gracious. We are not talking Yoko. We're talking Mabel here. <laughs> yeah, what a disaster. So, so thanks a lot, Undertaker. Thanks for getting hurt. <laughs> Subjected the world to that. Took a bullet. Oh, man, that's terrible. But, yeah, but, you know, like you said, Undertaker looks completely vulnerable during this beatdown, you know. In fact, all of the faces, dude, we're not going to, we're not yeah. discussing Sean and Diesel at this point. But, you know, they really, the heels get a big one over them. It reminds me, the closest, you know, just to put it in context of what, you know, fans nowadays might um, see was um, kind of like when the Nexus destroyed the ring, you know, and beat up John Cena. And just, it, it wasn't that much destruction, but like, they all looked vulnerable, you know, and they yeah. just were laying there, and the, the show just kind of dragged on, and he really built the, you know, suspense. So it was cool. It was a long beatdown. It was kind yeah, of long. A, yeah, Nexus was a good comparison. I was thinking NWO when they used to beat yeah. guys down for a long time too. And again, that was pretty different for WWF. You, you usually yeah, didn't see heels getting put over that strong on, on TV. Um, right. So that was that was interesting. And yeah, uh, it's building up. Um, a bunch of different feuds, and for us, it's building up that Mabel Undertaker feud and, and circling what? back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it started at King of the Ring '95 a little bit, and now after Undertaker finished up with Kama, now we're circling back to dealing with Mabel. And it brings in Yokozuna, who we feuded with, you know, all most of '94 right. too. So yeah, right. it's a, I appreciate the storytelling aspect of that. And I, one thing that the recap video uh, right before this match of the pay per view says is that it, it, I think it's. Pettengill doing the voiceover, and he says that Mabel was heavily fined for this attack. So oh, thank goodness. I, and like, we joke around, but like, in all seriousness, I appreciate that because yeah. that's one thing nowadays that you, know, you can flip some money in a dumpster and like kill them for, leave them uh, out in the wilderness for eight days, they can come back to life and nothing happens to you. But, you know, Mabel broke somebody's face and uh, he was fined heavily, you know. They didn't have to say how much it was or anything, but, you know, the fact that they added that, I appreciated that as a small detail. So. Yeah, it's great. You know, we're, we're supposed to believe this is a real thing, a real sport. Exactly. And exactly. there should be consequences for for guys doing ridiculous actions like that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. They don't do that uh, hardly ever anymore, so it was, it was cool to see that. So, yeah, Undertaker goes away. He We don't see him for a little while, and then eventually, in it for a couple weeks leading up, to the pay-per-view, uh, he starts to tease his return a little bit. I think Paul Bearer cuts a promo by himself on one Raw, and then um, we see Undertaker. We don't see Undertaker's face. He cuts a promo at one yeah. point. It is time, time for the Reaper to strike down upon the Royals with great vengeance. Mabel, you know your brother, and the others guilty through association. The Survivor Series will be my own personal carnage. There will be no survivors. Only those souls will rest Anything else before going into it? Uh, this November 695 yeah. is when they, they do that. So it's been a month Basically, since that since that beatdown, um, I'm not sure how long it's been in real life. Cause I'm not sure how much they taped ahead of time or whatever. But you know, for the TV viewing audience, for us fans, it had been a month since we've seen him. So 
he's back on, does a little backstage pr- uh, promo, like you said. And um, at this point, they must have already made the match, right? The Royals versus the Dead, the Dark Side. Yeah, yeah, because I guess so. Yeah. He says, no Royal will survive Survivor Series. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we, they don't show his face, but Paul Bear, did you watch the promo? Paul Bear is like reacting, like, ooh, like he's like got these dudes, like these, <laughs> like, you know, afraid eyes and stuff, like, and he, as he's looking at the grotesque, you know, uh, features of the Undertaker's face now, so. But I appreciate they didn't show his face yet. You know, that's that's a big reveal. Yeah, that's the big selling point here. Is yeah. what is the Undertaker going to look like? Mabel has destroyed his face, so we haven't seen Undertaker on TV in in about a month, and no one knows what he's going to look like. Is he going to be surgically reconstructed? Is he going to look <laughs> like some sort of monster? Uh, it's a great you know tease to get you to buy the pay per view to spend your twenty nine ninety nine to order Survivor Series. Oh, absolutely. I definitely would have. Yeah. So this matchup is, uh, as you just said, the dark side versus the Royals. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, I can't even take it seriously. Oh, man. The dark I, side versus the Royals. I, I miss. Love I love having the team names and the team yes. captains and all that. Um, King Mabel is leading the Royals, his royal army of Triple H, the Connecticut Blue Blood. It, the uh, Royal Dentist, Isaac Yankum, DDS, and, of course, Jerry, the King, Lawler. Uh, everyone with sort of a royal connection in there. Up against... Under- royal, royal mullet for Jerry Lawler. Oh, my Lawler. gosh. Yeah, I, I had that written down for sure. It is looking strong. <laughs> it's, it's deep mullet, man. It's so good. The mullet is good. His outfit is all gold <laughs> outfit. It's beautiful. God, I, I love Jerry the King Lawler. I can't Me wait too. to talk about him. Uh, I miss this version of Triple H, too, with the uh, ribbon in his hair. Yeah. <laughs> the back his, man, he made me want to punch him. So that he reminded me of, like, a, I don't know, a Disney prince, that like like a bad Disney prince. Like, I just hated him. <laughs> he made me want to punch him. But, but, yeah, continue. The royals, they all have their, yeah, their royal flair. They're going up against the dark side, led by the Undertaker, of course. And there's not as much of a kayfabe like on-screen connection between these guys it's it's henry o godwin fatu and savio vega but you know even though they're not connected on screen this is like the only appearance or teaming up of a a backstage crew a backstage team all of undertaker's best friends are here and they were part of something known as the bone street crew backstage along with a few other guys i think the godfather was in there i think yokozuna was in there but this was in the days of the click you know we all know the famous click of diesel Shawn michaels razor ramon triple h x-pac those guys and they were kind of controlled the locker room back then but um and and this I, i don't think a lot of people knew this for a long time i think it's only recently come out sort of in rumors or maybe you know i wasn't reading the wrestling observer back then so i didn't know about them till really the past couple years but undertaker kind of had his own clique his own yeah. crew that policed the locker room or, or, or kind of feuded with the clique in a lot of sort of ways and um you know i guess this was him you know politicking and and, and getting his friends <laughs> you know wanting to team with his friends for this for this one-off appearance so uh, it's pretty neat pretty neat to actually see them on screen, knowing you know, knowing that we know now that they were knowing, really all yeah. best friends. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty cool. And speaking of the click, uh, one two three kid did uh, the two sweet symbol during his match. Ah, uh, 
Yeah, on his entrance, I, I watched that, and I was just because I was wondering, I wanted to know when that you know when that appeared. Because I know he, they always say he's the one that started that. Uh huh. And at, at least on this show, he did it. But again, yeah, it's cool to see Taker and his friends, you know, like legit friends, team up here, you know. Yeah, but but even though they don't have like a um, connection on screen necessarily, dude, they all come out in Undertaker shirt. I love it. I love it. It's so awesome. They all come out. And Undertaker shirts. Um, so, I, so I, I just wrote down. I guess we can thank Undertaker uh, in this match for the lame shirt gimmick they do now at Survivor Series. For exactly. Where the team red or team blue. <laughs> exactly. You stole my point, man. I, I I've <laughs> talked on Twitter I, on the Talking Taker Twitter account about how much I hated this thing, especially the past couple of years where the Raw and SmackDown guys at Survivor Series have all worn the team T-shirts or, or like the split yeah. halfway T-shirts, where it's their T-shirt plus the Raw. Or SmackDown t-shirt. And it's just so cheesy and stupid. And yeah, we have The Undertaker to thank for that here with the dark side. But it's better with these guys. Because it's like, you know, they're they're on a team for one night. I don't know. For some reason, it worked right. better for this. For <laughs> some reason, I didn't care. I yeah. loved it. So, I'm more okay but, with it here. Yeah. Did you notice that Fatu is he's like make a difference Fatu? Yes. He's like, he's like, he's different than we've seen him recently, you know. Because I guess he was still in the... Well, was he in the... What was his tag team? The Head Shrinkers. Head Shrinkers, yeah. He was, I guess last time I saw him, he was a Head Shrinker, but now here he is again as like, make a difference. It's like a precursor to Rikishi almost. You yeah. Know? Like, so. He had Which, a short-lived little gimmick. change next year too. Mm-hmm. He becomes a Sultan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he was all over the place back then, and of yeah. course, Savio Vega would go on to be in the Nation of Domination, and you know he would have some different runs. And Henry Godwin was pretty much always Henry Godwin, but yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the high point for him. Or cousin? What was Phineas? His cousin or brother or something? Yeah, sure. More... Somebody <laughs> could have been both. You know, they're hog farmers, so yeah, might have sure. been cousin or and brother all together. Uh, yeah. But. This... This is a Survivor Series debut for uh, Triple H and Isaac Yankum, or Kane, and Cyber Vega, and Henry Goblin. So wow. I just thought that was kind of cool. All, you know, one. all four of those guys, you know, getting their start on Survivor Series. And again, look at this ring. Again, this match is full of, you know, guys who, as we continue this podcast, we'll see what they become. You know, you got Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who um, is going by Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and he'll become. Triple H, and then you got Isaac Yankum, who is, well, what two year, two short years from now, he'll be Undertaker's brother Kane. So, spoiler That's right. alert for those of you who don't know. And uh, yeah, and just Undertaker, and and even the King, he just his his um, you know, his legacy has grown so much more. And then yeah, Fatu is is going to be Rikishi, and you know, it's just it's just really cool to see all the people in this ring. And then Mabel, Mabel's going to be with Undertaker in the corporation or mm-hmm. the ministry later on. So it's kind of cool to see you know where this is going to eventually lead to. So Yeah, I, I wrote down almost the exact thing. I, I wrote, you just never know. Because, I mean, right. you've got two of Undertaker's greatest rivals ended up being, you know, Kane, yeah. Isaac, slash Isaac Yankum, and Triple H, yeah. who'd feud yeah. with many times, across the ring for the, for the very first time. And, and who would have ever so thought crazy. that, watching this, that those guys would have so many classics and so many WrestleMania moments against right. each other. I mean, you, you really just never know. Yeah. It's really cool to think about and see now. So, but, so yeah. Um, yeah, let's get to the match. And we've got uh, another interesting commentary team this month with uh, Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Mr. Perfect, of all people, joining the commentary <laughs> team for the night. So uh, I thought they were a little disjointed. It wasn't my favorite commentary unit. Uh, I don't know, man. It just wasn't a good fit, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mr. Perfect wasn't perfect <laughs> on the commentary. No, it wasn't his he best had, night. He, had, he says some things I do want to point out later on, but, um, but yeah, it just, it doesn't, you know, it's not the same as it has been the last few times, and even Lawler and Vince are, are, are good together, but yeah, Jim Ross seems like he's kind of fun, it's, it's hard with him and Vince on the same commentary, because yeah. they're both kind of, you know, do, fill the same role, so it's kind of weird, but. It was always a weird fit when they were together, yeah, yeah. I agree. But the uh, announcer says returning to action tonight uh, as Undertaker comes out, you know, because his his uh, his team comes out with their t-shirts on, all matching Undertaker shirts, and then um, who was the ring announcer at this point? I don't you know, know who that guy was. I don't know who that was. Yeah, I didn't recognize that voice. I think <laughs> okay, he's on the next month too, but I, I I don't know. I don't know his name. He says returning to action tonight. So yeah, we haven't seen Undertaker in you know a long time. You know, at this point, a month and a half basically, and. Uh, the camera closes in on, or it closes in on him during his entrance, but it never reveals his face, which is cool. It has his his hairs down in his eyes, and just the way that you know the production is shooting it, um, they don't they don't zoom in on his face yet. You know that, that's left for just a little bit later here. So I thought that was cool. And the commentary was just completely silent during his entrance. Yes. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. I wrote like, that down. They laid out for that entire yeah. entrance and. Uh, they would do that a lot in the later years, but you know, yeah. usually now they—I mean, usually before this—they're just talking over him. But they were silent and just let yeah. him do his big walk to the ring. It was really cool; made it feel really important. Yeah, up until now, Vince is always raving about the phenom and what novation and this and that and the other. But yeah, here he just—they just lay out until the lights come up. Basically, that's when they start talking again. So <laughs> Vince goes really... into Vince mode and is just oh, like yeah. a stunning <laughs> ovation for the phenomenal <laughs> one. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Oh, I love Vince on commentary. I miss him. Me too. <laughs> so good. Oh. And uh, then Undertaker, Paul Bearer takes off uh, all his items of clothing. All his entrance items, not oh, every oh, item. Yeah. Yeah, just the non-essential ones. The and entrance we... attire, like you would have on a creative wrestler. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then we see the infamous mask. The Undertaker is wearing like a sort of a phantom of the opera stylish or styled mask a gray stylish too it's stylish it's stylish yeah <laughs> totally uh molded to his face but to protect him not like the typical face mask that we've seen uh rusev and um dashing cody rhodes dashing cody rhodes trish stratus wore one virgil wore one for a little while Didn't Tess wear one i think Tess, Tess wore one. one yeah yeah that sounds familiar um, but yeah, it wasn't that it was unique to him, you know. It was so again, showing building his mythos, you know, building him. Vince obviously t- cares, you know, because he, he takes the time to, you know, have this, you know, specific one built for his face, you know, and it gave him a different feel, you know. Definitely, the uh, the announcers sell it big time, they're like grossed out by it, afraid <laughs> of it. Mabel sells it. He like good, just taken aback by it, and goes out of the ring. And they uh, all bail. All the heels bail. <laughs> yeah, they're terrified from yeah. it. That it somehow has made the Undertaker even scarier. Um, now, do you remember? Okay, let's pause for a second. Yeah, I could have sworn. I would have sworn. I, I would have bet a lot of money that I don't have that the Undertaker. This mask was a was a costume on WWF No Mercy on N sixty four. I was pretty sure in a SmackDown mall you could buy this, but I have been looking online <laughs> for days, and I cannot find a picture of it or like even a form about it. Everything I find is like how to make an old Undertaker. But I, so if there's any of our listeners out there, please tweet us a picture of it 
or send us, yeah, tweet, Facebook, like, something, something, please. I, I mean, I really, I don't think I'm crazy, but I was pretty sure that this face mask was one you could put on him from the SmackDown Mall in No Mercy, which is the greatest wrestling game of all time. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, that's just a little part. I wanted to point that out before we got too far into the match, because... Because I remember that. I, I remember it being on a game, and I was pretty sure it was No Mercy. So. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really familiar, and I'm not at home right now. I'm, I'm visiting uh, a family uh, in Augusta, but uh, I've got... Yeah, you get there, put it in. I will. I, I have your yeah. copy of No Mercy yes, that we used to play. Back. I have your old N64 at my house, so right. I'll have to go look. Because, I, that, I mean, that sounds familiar. I, that, I mean, I, I, I thought I remember that, too, so I'll, I'll have to go look at it. Absolutely. Then we'll post an update on the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll update you guys. <laughs> or y'all can update us before we get there. So. Right. Um, well, we, we're calling it a mask. Vince McMahon calls it an adhesion on his face. Another Vince McMahonism <laughs> using a really obscure word in there. The Undertaker with some sort of a is that some sort of adhesion on his face. He doesn't look happy. Made up word. <laughs> Guys, it's an adhesion. It's an adhesion. Um, you got it at a medical facility. <laughs> right, of course. They prescribed it to him at the medical yeah. facility. Prescription. Um, <laughs> the match ends up starting out with uh, Fatu and Hunter Hearst Helmsley starting off. And, um, you know, this. There's a lot, you know, we don't need to do play by play for this whole thing I... because it's a long time before Undertaker even gets yeah. in to the match and uh, yeah i made a note about eight minutes in and my notes were eight minutes and he hasn't tagged in yet so. yeah and it was minutes after that before he finally gets in so. oh yeah I, I i felt like they this match they were stalling for time like it felt like the pay-per-view was running short and somebody <laughs> told them can you guys kill 30 minutes in this match because yeah. it just dragged like you said before undertaker even yeah. comes in and that's kind of the whole story of the match is waiting sure. for the undertaker to come in all the all the heels cycle in and out triple h ends up getting whipped into their corner and gets you know backs up out of fear um, we see the King come in, Isaac Yankum come in and just, let, let's just talk about Isaac Yankum for a minute <laughs> slash, slash Kane, uh, Glenn oh. Jacobs. I mean, how was this a thing? How was a wrestling dentist ever a thing? You know, you talk about how much you hated the IRS. I mean, did you, how'd you feel about Isaac Yankum, DDS? Open wide Well, just imagine if Isaac Yankum lasted for five years. I mean, that, that's, that's why true. I hate IRS so much. Isaac Yankum lasted for six months or something well, like and, that. And also, tax, children don't care about the taxes, but they do hate the dentist. So I guess, Absolutely. you know, my apologies, yeah. But yeah, I mean, God bless Glenn Jacobs because he's a company man. Oh, he is, man. Even as Kane, he's done a lot of weird stuff. But uh, this was definitely, man, this sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> I tell you what, say. you... You can tell how much he's grown as a wrestler by watching him oh, yeah. there because he sucked in this match. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was a totally different performer, and like I, I could just tell that he's he's not in the ring much, but you could tell just in the little bit that he's doing that he's still very young in his career, and you know he's not 
you, you don't think of Kane as a five-star technical wrestler, but he's a much, much improved performer. He's a performer. big man, though. Yeah. yeah, he's a great big man. He's a great big man, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Here, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely green. Well, but again, yeah, that's not green. a criticism because we're not wrestlers, but like, it's just true, you know, you can tell. But yeah, And he's, he's working so far. A, he's working a totally different style. Too. Oh, like, yeah. Does, he works he does differently. Mm-hmm. He does a drop kick, man. I was like, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Hey, did you notice? Um, again, we're not gonna do like a play-by-play, play, but did you notice that um, when Henry Goblin has um Triple H in a military press, he wants to throw him over the top rope. Yeah, and the ref stops him. Stops him. Why does the ref care? I think the he ref cared because he he thought he was gonna murder Triple H if he well, <laughs> press slammed him to the floor. I was thinking this is not like at this point in WCW weren't they not allowed to throw you over the top rope? Wasn't that one of Bill Watts' things or yeah, something? Or Tim Burton? I don't remember one of the boy. I was like, why? Why did? Why does he care if he throws Triple H on the top rope? I think he just like, thought he'd break his neck if he did it. <laughs> just trying so. to save his life. Just a good a, a good friend of Triple H's. I don't know. I don't remember who the ref was, but I just remember noting that. Uh, that I, was, but I thought that was strange. The ref just decided to, like, le- he was legitimately telling yeah. him, like, please don't throw him on the <laughs> don't top rope. Don't do that, dude. And um, then, yeah, go ahead. Dude, what about all this Mr. President stuff? <laughs> they got okay for those of you who have haven't seen this match you got mr president and so um well they're in washington the, dc that's where the pay-per-view yeah, takes oh, place well excuse me they're in suburban washington dc <laughs> it's what vince says like all throughout the show we're here from suburban washington dc it's actually like i think it's called landover landover maryland okay we keep saying suburban washington dc over and over again i was so tired of hearing it but um anyway yeah so they Talk, they got this Mr. President. Had he been on Raw before this too? He's on a few different paper. Okay. I think he's at WrestleMania 10, and he's just okay. It's the same Bill Clinton impersonator that yeah, they've used a few times. It's not good. It's not. I mean, I, no. they should have got Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live. You know, that'd have been better. Yeah. Or Colin. Well, yeah, Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, at this point, they keep showing him ringside um, during this. You know, during the whole pay per view. But um, Jr. says uh, he's a big he's a big fan of Henry Godwin. Uh, right. And Vince's like, oh yeah, fellow Razorback from Arkansas. <laughs> I just I don't know, thought that was neat. <laughs> that was good. I, I like that. Um, yeah. There's <laughs> speaking of ridiculous things. Did you catch uh, when Jerry Lawler was beating up on Savio Vega? He like stands him up to the crowd. He said, "This is this is Chevy Vega right here, Chevy Vega." Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, this is Chevy Vega right here. I had to rewind. Um, I couldn't tell what he was saying at first, and then I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. (laughs) Just uh, classic King line. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so good, man. King is so underrated, even to this day. Oh, absolutely. He's an incredible performer. And And the older I get, the more I love Jerry Lawler. (laughs) Yeah, the more I appreciate him because it's, you know, you, you can have great wrestling that is, you know, earlier on this show, there's this, awesome women's match four on yeah. four with Alundra blaze and, and and like seven other japanese women's wrestlers that i'm sure they did just because the roster was super thin at the time so they brought yeah. in a bunch of women from japan to do this match and it's it's one of my favorite matches of all time they are just ahead of their time it's, it's probably still ahead of the time now like oh, some yeah. of the stuff that they're doing did you watch it have you seen that one yeah yeah i did it was awesome it's awesome, yeah. and, and that's one way to work a match where you're doing all these high spots and, and ridiculous stuff. Or you can be Jerry Lawler and just yep. <laughs> hardly ever take a bump and just have the yep. crowd in the palm of your hand and pretend like you're cheating and pretend like you got a foreign object down your pants and just 
just be amazing like that and call people Chevy Vega. And, yep. you know, that's great wrestling, too. And I, and I love that. Um, yep. And there's a lot of that. They do all this triple team in in the corner. All this just oh. old school heel stuff, man. <laughs> okay, so they're triple team in the corner. The ref's distracted. And did you notice that Vince says they're doing the triple team, quadruple team? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> got him with triple team, quadruple team. And like sh- certainly he was just saying triple and then the fourth guy came over. But like the way he said it, it just sounded like he was calling it that. The triple wow. team, quadruple team. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, that's great. just something dumb. But <laughs> I did write this. That when Mabel finally gets in, like he finally gets heat from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the match is, like you said, a lot of stalling, kind of slow. A lot of, everybody's getting their stuff in. But, like, once Mabel gets in, then the heat really turns up, like, actually from the crowd. crowd is, like, because they hate him. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's legit heat. Like, they hate Mabel. So, um, so good on him for getting real heat, you know? So, I mean, but that's the point where I think the crowd finally, like, got invested. I, maybe. I don't know if you noticed that, but. No, I did, um, definitely. The crowd, the crowd wants to see Undertaker. And yeah. the crowd wants to see Mabel get beat up. Everything else, yeah. they're kind of dead for. Um, and, and this is where, and after that's where Yankum finally tags in and hits a drop kick. And I yeah. Wow, that was awesome. So, <laughs> um, and Mr. Perfect at that point says he's never been to the dentist because he ha- he's never had a cavity because he's perfect, perfect teeth. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, okay, now, uh, okay after that, so whoa, okay. Um, and we're skipping around. Yeah, we're we're kind of skipping yeah. around on this early part before Undertaker jumps yeah, in. Yeah, it's there's a rock bottom. By um, I think it's uh, Savio. Did you see that? Mm. He hits it on Hunter. Yeah. And the crowd just the crowd comes alive like they know what it, like it's not the rock bottom yet, you know. But like just I don't a know cool if move. that was his was that his finisher at the time. I don't know what his finisher was. I, I feel like it was a like a spinning heel kick or something like that. Yeah, I think, I think it was. Yeah. But anyway, it's just cool. Like the crowd obviously recognized it as a big move, and just watching Triple H eat that move knowing what we're going to see in the next few years with him and Rock feuding. You know, it was kind of just cool, like, in hindsight, you know, from yeah. a historical standpoint. But um, after this, okay, tell me if you saw this. Um, this is just a botch. I, I think it was a botch. So so Jerry Lawler's in with Sabio Vega, and he hits a pile driver. And then he, he hits another one. Maybe he gets rock bottom after that, but then he goes to hit another one. Well, he hits a pile driver, and, and Sabio kicks out the first okay. time, which was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. I thought I was like, surely he'd be eliminated here, but no, he kicked out. Yeah. But so then he hits this second one, and when he does, Savio like puts his hands down and his head pops up immediately. But I, I couldn't tell if he was supposed to sell like he took the hit and then no sold it like he bounced up, or if it was supposed to look like like he was like had reverse like he put his hands down and Lawler just bumped on his butt. And then, but anyway, it just looked weird because he does, he puts his hands down on the ground, he stands, like, kind of kneels, like, on his knees, and Lawler's, like, looking at him, like, selling the, oh, crap, you got out of it, like, you, it didn't hurt you, but he, like, Savio might be new to this, he, he doesn't let the crowd, like, like, milk that, you know what I'm saying, like, he just immediately jumps over for a tag to, um, to his partner, I think, is this where Undertaker, that's where Undertaker comes in? Yeah, that's yeah. the hot tag yeah, spot. He jumps over and hits the hot tag Taker. But, like, I just thought it was, like, st- listen to Stone Cold has helped me notice these little things like this because he says, like, yeah, if they would taken another even four or five seconds to let the crowd see that spot, see that he didn't have the pile driver, 
you know, Lawler is, t- is is selling it huge, like, oh, no, what, like, he's in dire straits now. Yeah. And then have Savio jump over and tag Undertaker, that would it would have even made the place pop, I, in my opinion, just a little bit more. Um, I just thought it was a missed opportunity. But yeah, I think I think it was a missed opportunity. I don't. I think I think that was the spot. I think they were just trying. Yeah. It, Savio was supposed to no sell it and then pop up and and tag Undertaker. I mean, but I think you're. I think it could have been a lot cooler. And just thinking about it now, it would have made more sense for Fatu to do that spot because he's the yeah. Samoan, and you know you can't hit a Samoan in the head. They don't yeah, feel exactly. they have super hard heads. So exactly. that, that would have that spot was cool. And but it would have made more sense for Fatu to do it um, at yeah. that moment. But yeah, that's where Undertaker finally gets the hot tag after oh, it is about a hot tag. yeah after about three hours of this match, <laughs> and uh, you know the crowd the crowd does go crazy. King is like petrified and he tries to go to his corner and tag everybody, and all the heels just drop off the apron. <laughs> they don't want to get in there with the Undertaker. And, you know, Undertaker puts him away real quick, hits that tree slam yeah. that he did to Kama. Um, yeah. That double, 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 double choke or whatever. Yeah. Uh, tombstones him, and the king is the first one out. None of his teammates even try to break up nope. the pitfall, which I thought was cool, you know? Yeah. Then Isaac Yankum comes in, and we get our first ever Kane yeah. versus the Undertaker. Uh, um, God, what am I trying to say? One on one, you know, interaction. One on one, I was trying to say. Uh, prototype that's not right but uh whatever <laughs> the prequel 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 of kane undertaker um and it does not last very long oh taker is just cleaning house but again that's the yes. story of this match undertaker has come back he's been gone for six weeks or whatever and he's come back and nobody everybody's you know grossed out by his grotesque face yes. and what's happened to him but he is just a ball of lightning here you know putting lawler out with a jokes a double choke slam and a Tombstone, here he takes Isaac Yankum. He hits him with a diving running clothesline mm-hmm. and then uh, Tombstone and eliminates him. Eliminates Funny him. And we'll here, see. it took one Tombstone to put him out, but later on, we'll see how many he takes to put Kane out. Exactly. You know? We'll see We'll see in a couple of years, Isaac. Yeah. And then uh, see no. <laughs> we're down to the whole Dark Side team is now up against Triple H and Mabel, the only two left. And Triple H uh, tries his hand. And then just tries to run away. <laughs> just tries to run out it. through I'm the crowd. <laughs> but uh, Godwin and Savio stop him out in the aisleway, and Taker ends slot up. Slot bucket. Yeah, yeah. Godwin threatens him with the slot bucket. <laughs> and uh, Taker tries to pull him up by his hair from the outside and choke slams him from the apron oh. to the ring. And it is just a massive spot. Yeah, he takes him from the apron to like three quarters of the way across the ring. Yeah. Triple H sold it huge. It was cool. Oh, yeah. It was awesome, man. But, yeah, that's all it took. You know, he does that giant chunk. I would encourage you guys, if you haven't watched this, just go see that spot. That was was cool. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it pins him. And then finally Mabel gets in. Well, wait, I just want to say that, like I said, Isaac Yankum, you can tell he's improved a lot. Triple H was good here, too. I think Triple H is underrated for, you know, I mean, Triple H gets so much hate on the yeah, internet yeah. and some of it you know maybe is deserved but like even the, it, i think it's interesting to watch triple h in these earlier matches because you he's oh yeah you can still see a lot of the stuff that he would end up becoming I, he was he was already yeah. a really smart worker and you can at see, this point you can see that he loves rick flair mm-hmm. yep you can tell rick flair's a favorite wrestler when you watch especially this early stuff you know he's doing the knee drops like rick flair he's healing away like rick flair even that him walking away, you know, up the ramp was a Ric Flair move, you know. Yep. 
Totally. I'm sure the match was laid out that way, the producer, but still, just the way he does it, the little nuances, he's got Ric Flair written all, all over, over him. him. So, yep, you're right. Yeah, it's really cool. you're right. Triple H gets a lot of crap, and, you know, again, some of it's deservedly so, but I really, again, older I've gotten, I think you and I both have come to appreciate his work more. Totally. Maybe not when we get to 2002 and three when he just runs roughshod over Raw for three years and nobody, he beats everybody, but other than that. Yeah, we may reconsider that, but... Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. And, and oh, one thing I wanted to point out was that Mr. Perfect calls him Triple H several times on the um, on on commentary, oh, okay. which he says, you know, this is what he wants to be called, Triple H. And I think I remember listening on it was either Pritchard's podcast or maybe, golly, who I guess it would have been his or Stone Cold. I don't remember. But anyway, someone was saying that like, of... where did that come from? And they said that's just what that's what Sean called him backstage. That's what Sean Michaels called him. He just it's like it's just easier than saying Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, call him Triple H. So then. Again, I don't know that it was like a gimmick thing. They just, you know, let's just go with Triple H. So, but I just noticed here was the first time I remember hearing it, um, him being referred to as Triple H. Because they still, you know, his name is still Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Vince calls him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, JR calls him that. But Mr. Perfect finally is like, oh, he's, he's Triple H. So. Okay. Yeah, now it's so creeping kind of... in. And now yeah. uh, Mabel is creeping in to the match. And yeah. He he gets, uh, gets a few moves in on the Undertaker. The first person in this match to... Getting offense in, belly to belly, a leg drop, the same leg drop that broke his face. Yeah. The first he place. He does this awful dance. I don't even know what to call it. And Taker sits up while Mabel's dancing, and the crowd goes electric. Man, yeah. it was a cool spot. I really like that. Yeah, that was really cool. The crowd was great for that. So. And that terrifies Thank Mabel. You watching DC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mabel uh, bumps out of the ring out of fear. And, yeah. and then Mo, Sir Mo comes in and just gets surrounded <laughs> by the whole team. And <laughs> at Sir this, Mo, golly. Yeah, we'll talk about him some more on the next episode, I think. But uh, Mabel runs away, gets counted out, and that'll do it for this match. Uh, a clean sweep from the dark side. Yeah, clean sweep, man. Undertaker did all of it. He <laughs> did know, all the work. He eliminated three guys in a row, and then, yeah, Mabel got counted out. So, so yeah. What do you th- does that count as an elimination for the Undertaker? I think so because he was the other legal man in the ring with him. Right, and if you're in a mat one on one match with somebody and you win by count out, that counts right. as a win, win for you, right? Yeah. Okay, but so that would mean Undertaker eliminated four guys. Four people. Yeah. Well, the official recognized record by the WWE for most Survivor Series eliminations in one match. Sound like a super nerd right now, but uh, is what? Roman Reigns from I think I, I can't remember twenty thirteen maybe. Uh, well, the Shield broke up. Yeah. yeah, before the Shield broke up, and another match on this show that women's match I was just talking about. Yeah, uh, Aja Kong is who's on the heel team. She eliminated all four of the people on the women's team. But the WWE, WWF, they don't recognize Undertaker's four eliminations as part of as tying that record. So That's I don't know dumb. why that is, because I think he eliminated four people. Yeah, he sure did. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though he didn't pin him or didn't, you got you, you want to pin, counter or submission. Exactly. So, that, yeah. That's that a win. Mm-hmm. I think we should do change.org. <laughs> I think you're right. We need to Let's let, go. let the WWE know. Let's um, get done. <laughs> The uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I thought I, that kind of I, I didn't realize that he eliminated all four people, but I think he did. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I think he did. I would also like to point out that Vince McMahon doesn't know the meaning of the word literally because he says Undertaker literally cleaned house. 
No, he did not. No. He did not literally clean the house no, at he all. Didn't. He had no broom, no spick and span, no mop. He did not literally clean the house. He oh. came in and figuratively cleaned the house. So, anyway, that's my pet peeve. Good. But, I mean, that needs to be brought up. <laughs> yeah, because Vince always has his little Vince-isms of it. He literally cleaned the house. No, he did not. So That would but, have been uh, uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy's job, I think. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but on a serious note, I guess, um, Undertaker looks like a beast in this match. Totally. He looks like an absolute, oh, I'll say alter beast from the early 90s. Or you late can say 80s. that. Yeah. Late 80s, early 90s arcade game. He's like a beast, man. He, and, and But after this elimination, fourth elimination, maybe with an asterisk, who knows, uh, you finally get a good look at the Phantom of the Opera mask he has on. Like up until this point, I mean, I guess we've seen it, but... The camera gets a really good close-up on it, and you see it, and he does the classic pose, and um, Vince and Mantle commentary kind of foreshadows, like, there's going to be a day when Mabel has his day of reckoning, and he's going to meet the Undertaker one-on-one. So, of course, being the booker, he knows what's coming, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of cool to, you know, kind of let the audience in, you know, foreshadow, you know, what's going yeah. to happen later. Yeah. So, and hey. it's true, you know, Undertaker did not get his comeuppance, or, excuse me, Mabel didn't get his comeuppance from Undertaker. You know, he got beat up a little bit, but he didn't get, you know, didn't get pinned or submitted or, you know, didn't get, uh, you know, beat up or his face broken. So That's right. They're keeping the feud alive here. Undertaker does look strong, which is uh, a bit of a contrast from what we've seen earlier in 1995. And, you know, now Undertaker, yeah. it's, we're starting to swing back around. Undertaker looking really strong and being very important again, but they save a little bit of... A uh, little taste of something uh, for the next month's feud, where you can get the full um, get the full entree of Undertaker beating up Mabel. <laughs> but speaking of foreshadowing, as we're wrapping things up here, just to touch on a couple other things that happened at this show, it's also really the beginnings of Big Daddy Cool Diesel's sort of subtle heel turn is on yeah. this show in the main event. He loses the WWF Championship, which he's had for almost a year. To Bret Hart and in probably Diesel's best match. That's oh, a great match. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. it's Diesel's best match as Diesel. He, this is probably this is my favorite Diesel match. I love that match. It is so good. Diesel didn't love it because he lost it, and uh, he throws right. a big fit afterward and beats everybody up uh, around ringside. And then he, he's gonna eventually slowly. It, it's really sort of a precursor to a lot of Attitude Era stuff because yeah, he's it. sort of a tweener here for a couple months. And that's going to lead into a big feud with The Undertaker, which we're going to see even more seeds of next month. But just want to touch on that. And just in general, I mean, I think this is a great show. Survivor Series 95 is fun. It has that great match. Uh, the women's match is awesome. The little wild card match is really cool yeah. deal where they've got the faces cool and heels on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Good show. Not th- this match, not that great, but it's a good yeah, show overall. But it tells a, this match isn't great in ring, but like it tells a good story of Undertaker finally he's back in action. Uh, he hasn't quite gotten his hands on Mabel like he wants to, but you know he came in and uh, figuratively cleaned house. Thank you, Vince. <laughs> and uh, you know looks really strong because again he's going to need to look strong headed to where you know the end of '95 and beginning of '96 has taken us. Um, and so it was cool. And you know what the cherry on top of all this entire show is? What's Survivor that? Series? The recap video at the end. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, I miss these. Why don't they do these anymore? I don't know. They I used don't to, know. like, they did these, and then they stopped, and they only did them at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But now they don't even do them anymore at anything. Like, and those of you who, 
you know, even if you don't watch the show, just fast forward to the very end and watch the recap. It's like two <laughs> minutes and it recaps all the action from the entire show. And it's such a nice touch because, it, and it, again, it blows me away how they, like, get it all edited, you know, immediately because they have stuff from even, you know, the main event in it. Yeah. So it's really cool, and I just think it's a cherry on top, man. I, I miss I miss that um, from a nostalgic standpoint. So I do, too. I don't know why we needed a recap because we just watched the whole thing, but I always appreciated <laughs> yeah. it. It was always fun to go back and, and relive it, instant nostalgia. But, yeah. um you know, we want to WrestleMania because WrestleMania is like, a, you know, uh, eight hours long now. So it's good to have a recap. That's true. End. You do kind of need it for that. You know, remember from when I went from like what I watched the AM and now it's PM, you know, and so. Yeah. Well, we want to know what you liked about this match, about Survivor Series 95, your feelings on it. How, what are your memories of the Phantom of the Opera uh, Undertaker era that we're going to see here for a few months? Did you like the mask? Did you think it was stupid or cheesy? What were your thoughts and memories of that? Um, you can let us know at Talking Taker on Twitter, Talking Taker on Facebook. You can hit us up in the comments on iTunes, on Podomatic, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on YouTube, on all that stuff. You can let us know. Please leave us a review on all those things. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we love all our listeners out there. Man, I got I, I meant to do this at the beginning of the episode, but uh, I, I want to give a shout out to one of our very special listeners. Uh, one of our very good friends, his name is Jay Stanley. His wrestling name is The Punk Angel. Uh, he's a good friend of ours. And uh, he let me know he's listened to every single episode of the show, which I think is ridiculous. But uh, we do appreciate it. And somehow, he, he's gotten engaged now. Yeah. So that's a big shout-out to you. Congratulations, man. Don't let your fiancé know that you listen to a podcast exactly. about one particular wrestler and all of his matches. Don't ever let her know that. <laughs> But uh, oh, thanks yeah. for the support to him and to everybody. Absolutely. And those of you, if you were there in suburban Washington, D.C. on this night, we want to hear from you. Um, if you cosplay to this show, we want to hear from you. No, I didn't show anybody in the audience, but we want to know. We want to hear from you, Mr. President. <laughs> yes, you Razorback. Sweet. And ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. <laughs> I got nothing.